Welcome to Breakthrough Barriers with Damali. I'm your host, Damali Peterman. On this podcast, we introduce our new season's theme, Resilience, and I, along with the guest co-host, will share how we remain resilient amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. We want to inspire our listeners to continue to break through. Welcome to the show. On today's episode, I am overjoyed to have none other than Dr. Isoma V. Fergus, MD, who I, by the way, call Dr. IC or IC. And so you may hear me say one of, you know, a few different things, but she is the brilliant associate professor of medicine and director of cardiovascular disparities at the Icon School of Medicine in Mount Sinai. Prior to that, She served as the chief of the division of cardiology at Harlem Hospital for three years. She has been newly appointed as director of hypertension and lipidology and cardiology at Mount Sinai in 2021. Her undergraduate and graduate education were at Barnard College, Columbia University, and SUNY Downstate. She is board certified in internal medicine and cardiology. Dr. Fergus focuses on areas related to preventative cardiology, including lipids and hypertension, women's heart disease, and cardiovascular health advocacy. She is actively involved in several professional organizations, including the American Heart Association, where she's the immediate past president of the Westchester Board and immediate past board member of the Founders Affiliate Board. She is a fellow of the American College of Cardiology and past president of the Association of Black Cardiologists. Dr. Fergus is the founder and director of the series of Healthy Heart Projects, Harlem Healthy Hearts and Montserrat Healthy Hearts, MHH. These programs focus on addressing lifestyle motivation for cardiac prevention, as well as education, demonstration, and screening to promote optimal health management of cardiovascular risk factors and chronic conditions that may lead to heart disease. Dr. Fergus also continues to be very active wherever she can promote health equity and cardiac disease prevention. Upcoming on January 22nd, 2021, which I guess just passed, she received the Community Service Award from the Heart Valve Society of America. Wow, Dr. Fergus, You are such an amazing inspiration and wonderful person, and I am delighted to have you on our show today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for that very kind introduction. And, you know, you could simply call me Dr. Icy, but I'm I'm very happy to be here this afternoon. And uh, you've described a lot of my sort of academic and professional, you know, accomplishments. But there's another side to me that a lot of people don't know about. So and then some of that will come out uh, later today. But I'm so glad to be here. Oh, fantastic. I know everyone's now curious about this other (laughs) side to you. So I'm really looking forward to our conversation. I always like to share with our guests, our listeners, how I know our guest. And I know you because we are members of the same sorority, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. And when I moved upstate, I'm from New York City. You were one of the first people to make me feel welcome. Um, And so I just really appreciate knowing you 
you are the heart doctor, Dr. Angie. <laughs> and I'm so excited to have people sort of listen in on our chat today as we talk about the theme of resilience and how it relates to conflict and how you or, you know, your industry navigated the last 18 months. And the goal is to encourage and inspire our listeners to continue to break through. So we're going to just chat like we normally chat. And let's just feel like they're kind of eavesdropping on a conversation between two friends. So absolutely. You mentioned that there's another side to you. So I'm interested. What do you want people to know about you? Describe yourself in six words. Okay. Resilient is one, of course, Um, compassionate, uh, very caring, empathetic, creative, and what can I say? (laughs) Busy all the time. I'm a busy person, (laughs) but I try to wrap all of those other things into it as well. I love that. So starting with resilient, weaving in creative, compassionate, definitely caring person. And you are busy because everyone (laughs) has a heart. (laughs) Absolutely. Without that heart, you can't live, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I know that heart disease is the leading cause of death, but there are all these other scary conditions that we're seeing a lot of. And part of it, you know, obviously is due to the stress of the past 18 months or so. And so all of these other conditions are escalating, but, you know, if you have a strong heart, you can get through it. So, you know, uh, I've, I've seen my work blooming as people are coming in one more because they want to make sure that their heart's functioning. You know what, Damali, 80% of heart disease is preventable. Really? So 80%? 80% of heart disease is preventable by managing certain risk factors. And, and, and one of them, believe it or not, is stress, especially for women. So when you talk about being resilient, being able to bounce back, being able to cope, being able to compartmentalize, all of those are sort of what you need to do in order to manage all of these different things punctuated by the pandemic over the past 18 months, which I've had to do, so. Wow, and so if stress is one of the big risk factors, I mean, and just kind of hear you saying that, especially for women, and 80% of heart disease is something that's avoidable, preventable. Wow. I mean, why why do you think that it's hard for us to kind of figure out different ways to prevent, you know, or be focused rather on preventing heart disease? Yeah, it's very scary. You know, people hear the words heart failure and heart attack, and they think, oh my God, if that happens, I'm dead, right? But there are a lot of things on the way to that that could be prevented. Um, you know, managing things like your blood pressure, your blood sugar, your cholesterol, simply being active, all right, getting enough sleep, hydration, of course, and the big, big, big word stress. Do you know that there is a big mouthful? It's called Takutsobo's cardiomyopathy or broken heart syndrome. And a lot of women can suffer from that. In, in, in Damali, it could either be from like some sort of catastrophic news, you know, like hearing something really bad about a friend or family member, losing someone, losing your job or anything that's really catastrophic. And actually your heart can literally go into a heart attack spasm and heart failure. And women come in like that to the emergency room. The good news about that though is reversible. If it's the cause is stress, it's reversible. They get treated. And then, then when they get reevaluated, their hearts look okay. 
but you know, they really need to be able to cope stress. So what happens is like your body just sort of goes into shock. There are these substances called catecholamines that increase your blood pressure, your heart rate, and has all these substances racing through that can damage your heart. And that key thing to prevent is stress or imagine uh, really managing your emotions. So finding an outlet to do that is important. I love hearing that, that there are things that each person can do to help manage their stress, um, to avoid things like broken heart syndrome. And I love also hearing a lot of things that, that are within our own power. So hydrating, so drinking water, resting, you know, minimizing stress and things that cause stress, right? Um, figuring out how to, I mean, sometimes I know some of these things can be, and look, I'm a doctor, doctor, I see. So I, you know, I, but I know some things can, we can be predisposed to genetically, right? So you mentioned about high blood pressure, yes. high cholesterol, Correct. things of that yes. nature. Um, yes. But what I love that you said is that a lot of these things we can control. Right. So Correct. even if you have some pre, you know, genetic predisposition to certain things, we can drink water, you know, oh, we absolutely. can exercise. Absolutely. We can do some of these things. So wow. I mean, I feel like I'm in one of your classes and I'm learning so much. How mm-hmm. did you get here? Like why are you in this field of cardiology? Okay. So great story. I was actually influenced one by a family member. I think mainly that was it. And then everything became solidified and I started doing more community outreach by uh, experience when I was a medical student and then later on with a young mother. So my own aunt, which is my only um, paternal aunt on my, well, obviously on my father's side, she was born with something called congenital heart block where her heart wasn't um, beating fast enough and she needed to have a pacemaker at a very young age. And um, she died in the forties because She really needed that pacemaker and it got to what we call end of life. The battery runs out and you're supposed to have it replaced way before that happens. And so with the disparities in Mali and not health equity, she wasn't able to get the the pacemaker on time and she passed away. So that really was a driving factor in, yes, I want to, you know, take care of the heart, but I want to also be able to deal with, you know, health equity and ameliorating disparities. When I was also a medical student, um, I had my fir- one of my first patients and he was a lovely older gentleman. I think he was Italian and he had a very, very, very weak heart. And he was, he was also waiting for a device called a defibrillator, but he, it was close to Christmas. And I remember he was, um, you know, just thinking about his grandchildren and when he could go home and be with them and he had gifts for them and all of that. And I came back one day and he was gone. And that was, a, that was very hard. And, and then, so then I was like, I really do want to do cardiology. Then um, focusing on the women, when I was a young cardiologist, um, I was the only female with 14 males at the New York Hospital of Queens uh, Cardiovascular Associates. And a young mother just had a baby and uh, she went into heart failure. And I'm just going to say that uh, people should have listened to her more and to her her family members, and she didn't make it. So she left behind a husband with a new baby, and they were overwhelmed. So those three scenarios really made an indelible impact on not only wanting to be a doctor, but then to be a cardiologist, but then to really focus on health equity, reducing disparities. And of course, women, you know, usually sometimes 
that's one of the issues. Women um, with heart disease is a big issue I speak about a lot during the month of February. <laughs> you can find me on almost every TV channel and radio station talking about heart disease in women. So yeah, that, that's really my story of how I got here. Well, we are so lucky to have, you know, your brilliant mind in the field of cardiology and addressing not only the physical aspects of, you know, of how the heart works and to keep us all going, but also the health equity or inequities that you've kind of talked about. And I could just imagine you, you said as a young cardiologist, some of the things that you saw um, and when you were in medical school that brought you to where you are today. And I can imagine over the course of your career, all the types of things that you've seen and you've navigated and then enter COVID-19, right? Sure, yeah. And so how, I mean, I'm curious to know, I mean, from your perspective, what was the biggest, the single biggest challenge for you in working in this industry during the pandemic? Honestly, I was scared of the, un, of the unknown. Uh, I know that coronaviruses have, ex, have been around for centuries, but this particular one uh, had so many um, comorbidities associated with it um, that was scary. And um, again, dealing with disparities, I know that the people of color, the, the brown and the black, and the elderly and even women uh, would have possibly uh, been more affected by dint of the fact of who they were and are. So that was something for me. We had to be deployed as if you're going to war. Uh, you had to leave your home and your field, right? Um, I'm a cardiologist. Uh, this is an infectious disease you know, uh, issue, but leads to all the organs. But we were deployed, all of us. And had to, I remember going to spend time in a, I had to live away in a hotel, um, away from my family while I was on the floor as an attending. And I remember my team, because they put teams together that are not necessarily, they're, they're from everything. So I had a neurologist and a dermatologist, a dermatologist. And I remember looking at, and he was the intern, and I, and I remember looking at his face and he was so shell shock because you go into dermatology because you don't want to deal with all these things, right? You want to <laughs> deal with skin and beauty. And now we're dealing with people who are dying in front of us. So that was very, very scary. But during that time, I, I did some things that, that, that helped. I wrote, and I don't have the other one here. I thought I had pulled it up, but I wrote a COVID, um, two COVID booklets. This one is a oh, coding wow. book for little kids. Um, and it's called the Coronavirus um, Coloring and Activity Book. And then I wrote um, another one that basically was an activity book and talked a lot about what is a virus? Where did it come from? What are the symptoms? How can you get it? How can you prevent it? What can you do when you're not at school? And that's called Rona. You are not welcome in my body. So I, I did that. That helped to pass the time while I was at the hotel. And then I gave away most of them in the community. Um, you know, uh, and then I also have them at minimal price, which just covers my uh, cost of printing. And I'm planning to write a part two that focuses on the vaccines that help people to um, understand but, uh, you know, sort of that, that's what I did in my time during then, um, during the pandemic. But, you know, I, preceding that, I did other things that basically kept me balanced and happy while dealing with my day job. Yeah. I mean, well, so I want to make sure everyone heard this. So 
You're out there saving lives. You were deployed as if you were going to war. They gave you other doctors to work with who came from different, different, you know, different industries, different um, uh, specialties, if you will, in medicine. And so you were staying at a hotel. And while you were there between resting and being on call and serving as an attending, you also took the time to write two interactive books um, that you primarily gave out to the community and have some that are for a minimal cost just to cover the printing so you're not making any profit really from this endeavor to help educate the community to kind of, you know, take away that, you know, stigma, if you will, and to provide information about what's going on. Um, I love the title. Rona, you don't have a place in my body. Is that right? You don't you're not welcome in my, in my body. You're not welcome in my body. It's <laughs> one of the books. And I love that you're working on a part two. So it's, it, there's a, a theme that I'm hearing about you, Dr. Icy, that, you know, like that your heart has always <clears throat> been in, uh, in basically help caring about people, about educating people. I know you mentioned in their biography that you're an, a professor as well. And that you're continuing to educate and very, using various platforms to do that. And mm-hmm. you also mentioned kind of navigating the last 18 months prior to that working in your industry before the pandemic. I'm sure there are a lot of things that you were navigating as well um, because mm-hmm. you know, medicine changes, advances, there's evolution and in, in, in things. And so now you are still standing. You're here with us today. And I'm just curious to know, where does your resilience come from? How do you, and how do you tap into it? That's a great question. Um, and I tap into it by looking internally and finding things that make me happy. And things that make me happy then allows me to interact with people in a way that really I truly understand. I, I um, empathize. I can place myself in their situations and, and allow myself to be a partner in my patient's care. And with that, you get like uh, the best outcomes because not only you're fulfilled as a provider and as a caregiver, but also the individuals are themselves participating in their own care. They're an engaging partner and that's a win-win situation. But I tap into things that make me happy and I'm a creative scientist. So I do all these other things like mentoring. And I, I've been on a couple of medical uh, missions to the Caribbean and mentoring students. Um, and again, with the same disparities thing, but creating things. I created this cookbook called the Happy Hearts Cookbook that goes with a, a mitt. Um, and this was actually written by my students who accompanied me on that trip. Uh, other things like I, I also know that um, we talk about stress and resiliency and feeling well. And so I've created these series of butters and bombs. And here's one. This is a cherry almond butter. Just I started it for fun. But at some point, you know, I'll probably um, market it because uh, you know what? It's made with love. But all I've read and I have the experience with using essential oils and all the best butters and bombs and a secret ingredient that comes from the volcanic mountains of Montserrat. So these are things that make me happy. And keep me resilient. So, you know, the day-to-day nitty-gritty after seeing the patients, of course, you have a lot of paperwork, as I'm sure you do, Diwali. There's right, right, writing, 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 and all these different compliance things and that you have to kind of deal with. But you balance it by doing some of these other things that make you happy. 
And therefore, um, you know, you're able to go on. It gives me strength to go on. Yeah. I love that your resilience comes from within, that you look internally to that your inner well of, of, of power. And one of the great things about what you do is that you are also focusing on, and, you know, I think back in the day, there was a song by maybe Anita Baker called Mind, Body, and Soul. And I was, mm-hmm. I was thinking about that as I was, as you were saying it, you focus on, to me, like mind, body, and heart, right? Because That's correct. This, this, you have this book that you worked on with some of your students when you were going on missions in the Caribbean, um, a cookbook, by the way, we need to know where we can find all of your books. Um, and, that, and, and that comes with a mint, um, the, mm-hmm. yes to that. Also, that's, so that's for the mind, right? So, mm-hmm. and it's creative. Um, also, the other books that you wrote were also interactive and for the mind. And the body butters that you have the, the knowledge of essential oils, things that are good for you, Some using some properties or some materials that come from the volcanic mountains of Montserrat. I mean, I, that's amazing. So that's where your body, and then, and this is what you do in your spare time. And then you're always focused on the heart, which my son always says like a little heart when he sees me um, mm-hmm. on the heart. And so, I mean, it's such a, it's so wonderful to spend this time for, with you and seeing where your resilience comes from and how it manifests and comes out you know, like when in your spare time, which I, mean, I don't know if you have that much spare time, um, but it's like, you're very productive in your, in your spare time, Dr. Icy. You're extremely yeah. productive. And so I didn't even know, I mean, are there, are there some things that, you know, you wish you'd done differently, like any mistake you made that you want to pre- prevent others from making? And this is just kind of, you know, a learning question for people to kind of, if they're thinking about any of the things that you said going into medicine or choosing a specialty or writing a book or creating body butters? I mean, is there something that you wish you, you've done differently to get to mm-hmm. where you are today? Well, I'll tell you, Damali, you know what? I think that as, as we're humans, we never know whether we made the right choice or not. We always second guess, but we'll never know what would have happened if we had gone down that different path, right? I got into Dartmouth And then I was disinvited by my uh, guidance counselor from applying to MIT, right? Maybe if I had done that, I might have been more of a scientific, maybe uh, engineer type person, very rigid. I ended up actually, for reasons, multiple reasons, going to SUNY Downstate for my medical school. But then I, you know, then I went on to Albert Einstein and I did my undergrad at Columbia, Barnard Columbia, and my fellowship at Cornell. So I ended up, you know, coming back into that whole space. But, um, you know, I think that nothing is a mistake, but if you think it is, you build on it. You, 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 you know, you take those potential, you know, mishaps and you build on them and you make a success out of them and you use them as a learning tool to propel yourself forward. And then if you can help it, it's always so rewarding and so great to have young mentees that come behind you that you could say, you know what, I did this but here are the potential consequences and maybe you do it this way. But even if you choose to do it that way, then take the benefit out of it and look for the positives and build on those versus reflecting on something that already happened that you can't change. So that's, that would be my message. You know, obviously everything is not always, you know, happiness and, and, and all of that, but you can take from any experience that may not be as positive as you would like to be and build on it so that it will become 
that positive light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. So lessons learned, right? So every yes. opportunity, a potential mishap or mistake is actually an opportunity to learn something, to build on it, to help others navigate it, and to help others make informed choices, right? Correct. So kind of sharing your path, letting them know, like, this is what you did, and this is, you know, so you know, try this way, or there's some other options. But it's really great, a great way to think about ups and downs, highs and lows, the paths not, mm-hmm. the path of road not taken. And I love hearing you say that, you know, had you gone to a different school, you may have been more scientific. You know, what's interesting to me, Dr. Icy, is I think you ended up exactly where you were supposed <laughs> to be. Right? And so we're so lucky to have you and behind that white coat, helping women, helping everyone, helping improve health equity, just to make things better and taking care of our hearts. And so mm-hmm. I'm happy where you are. And so I usually like to wrap up by um, saying something that my mom always said when I was growing up, which is each one teach one. And I love a suggestion from you uh, of a book or a song, a course, a program, something for our listeners that they can walk away with as homework um, you know, following our segment. Right. So I have two books to recommend, but let me just say that music therapy is amazing. And so um, sometimes when I'm working, I just, you know, find the music that I like and I have a very eclectic taste. So all genres actually uh, are great to me and I just have to find the ones that I like. But there are two books that I that I'd like to recommend. I had the opportunity to meet Ariana Huffington. And I was actually on a, on a panel with her sister, Agape Stakostopoulos. And um, I know this story of how they started and how things, you know, sort of, you know, you build on an opportunity. So Ariana's book, um, Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, is a good one. And then there's this other book. Um, it's called Get Out of Your Own Way. And it's by Mark Goulston, MD, and Philip Goldberg. And basically, it offers practical lessons for conquering uh, procrastination, uh, fear, envy, and all these other things that kind of can get into your way um, that may keep you sort of circling in that one sort of space instead of getting out of it. So this is get out of your own way, because sometimes we could be our own worst enemies in terms of, you know, not following that dream, that idea that light that's somewhere down the road because we're too caught up in these things that we're hanging on to. So um, if you get an opportunity to read that book, that's an amazing book to read as well. So those are the two that I would recommend. Excellent. So thrive and get out of your own way. (laughs) Those both sound like great books that we all need to read. And I'm also going to check them out because I haven't read them yet. I just want to thank you so much, Dr. Icy, for joining us today. You are an incredible guests on our show. And I know people are going to walk away with so many tips and techniques for one, try to have a, have a healthy heart. Right. So maybe someone was thinking about exercising and they were like, like thinking, Oh, maybe I won't do it, but they heard you speak. And they're like, you know what, I'm going to do it. Cause I want my heart to be healthy. So I think you're going to motivate a lot of, of our listeners today. So thank you so much. Thank you. My pleasure for being on and thank you for having me. And This was just an amazing experience. So thank you again. And I hope the listeners got something out of it. Thank you. Oh, they're going to get so many things from how to be resilient, how to navigate challenges, how to see, you know, opportunities um, and how to use their free time. 
I mean, how amazing. <laughs> we got to figure out how to make sure, we will make sure that everyone has links for how to access some of these amazing stuff that you do in your spare time when you're not keeping all of our hearts healthy. Um, thank you, audience, for tuning in. I'm your host, Damali Peterman, and this is Breakthrough Barriers with Damali. Continue to break through and have a wonderful day. Please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Breakthrough ADR. That's the at sign, B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-O-U-G-H, capital A, capital D, capital R. I'm your host, Damali Peterman, and this is Breakthrough Barriers with Damali. Although I am a lawyer, mediator, and an educator, and many of my co-hosts will represent various professions, we want to be clear that we are not providing legal advice, counseling, or suggestions. Our goal is to provide a roadmap for conflict resolution to generate future conflict resolvers. Continue to break through and have a wonderful day.